So many of my guests on this show are accomplished operators and owners, right? Their experience, their restaurants have been around for years or often decades, and uh, and that's great. There's tons of uh, things that we can learn from them, but the things they struggle with, right? That the issues, the concerns they have are different than uh, than a beginning owner or operator. And I'm well aware of that bias. We can't get away from it on a show like this. The people I talk to are accomplished, are experienced. That's why I brought them on and there's lots of insights they have to share. But today I'm talking with a guy named Charlie Eblen. He is the founder of Single Tree Barbecue. Uh, it's outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and he is just in the early stages of his business. He's built this barbecue business over the last three years uh, from a, a food cart into a trailer, uh, doing uh, doing catering, and now into a brick and mortar location. He's got a ton of insights to share, but we really go step by step the, the early difficult uh, period when you're trying to grow a brand. We talk a lot about, and again, we really get into the nuts and bolts, talk a lot about his early stages, and we spend a lot of time talking about something he calls undeniable hospitality. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated entirely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. We cover marketing, operations, and everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three Ps? They stand for profit, process, and progress. If you've got a busy restaurant but struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits month after month, then please set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. I'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions to see if you're a good fit for that program. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Profit is quite literally the only thing that matters in your business because once you have a profitable restaurant, you can talk about growing that restaurant or stepping away from that restaurant or simply just coming in to have dinner in that restaurant instead of having to jump in uh, behind the line or go bust tables. So again, schedule a free call with me by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you will find that link in the show notes. Now, we all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and invoices to show you your food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Learn more at marginedge.com chip. Again, marginedge.com chip. As always, you will find that link in the show notes. Now, 
My guest on today's show is Charlie Eblen. He is the founder of Single Tree Barbecue just outside of Nashville, and he's also the host of the Single Tree Nation podcast. Thrilled to welcome to the show, Charlie. Good to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk to you today, Chip. Listen, I think your journey is super interesting. Um, let's talk about the genesis. Let's dive right in the genesis of this project, Single Tree, uh, which you uh, you sort of ran to the industry at a moment when everybody was running away. So talk to me about uh, why Single Tree, what it's about, why you founded it, uh, and why you did it when you did it. Yeah, so I've been in, I spent five years in the Army, but outside of that, I've, I've been in the restaurant business my whole life. So um, coming up on about 30 years now that that I've always been in and around restaurants. Um, family's never been in restaurants. My grandfather always wanted to have a restaurant, but never did it. Um, nobody else in my family has been in it. I, uh, I got a job washing dishes when I was a kid, fell in love with, yep. with, with the dish pit and kitchens and the hustle and bustle and the, the organized chaos as it gets to be sometimes. Right. And, um, so I, I've just done it my whole life and just fell in love with it. Um, in 2020, I was, uh, Director of Operations, Vice President for a company called Bar Louie. Um, they they went through their trials and tribulations with a with a bankruptcy and then the pandemic and all of the things that that we all went through during that time. And yep. uh, in October of 2020, um, we had a had to have a tough conversation and 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 I was let go and had to figure something out and what I was going to do. So. I'm sitting in my office and making phone calls and calling, you know, all of my friends and other executives. Hey, are you hiring at your company? I'm looking for something. And my yeah. wife walked in the room and said, well, you know, what, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to find me a new job. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll find a new job. Yeah. Everything will be fine. We'll, we'll get right back rolling. Well, um, she looked at me and said, uh, why don't you stop? depending on everybody else and start depending on yourself and go do what you love doing. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, one of those moments where it was just kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, like, man, she's, she might be right. You know what yeah. I keep, I keep going to work work for these people and I'm chasing titles and, and trying to be the, the executive officer of whatever it may be. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what is, what does that really mean and what does that really get me and what kind of what kind of impact am I actually making versus um, just chasing a title and, and some dollar bills and um, you, you can't live your life that way. So um, I found a guy on the internet selling a food trailer and okay. and started looking at it and just thinking about it myself and, and I, I posed a question on Facebook took a screenshot of that trailer and put it on Facebook and said, Hey, what do you think? Should, should we start our own food truck? And, uh, it was, it was crazy. Like in an hour, I mean, I had like 50, 60 comments of, you know, Hey, you know, hell yeah, man, go do it. Knock it out of the park. You're awesome. You know, go make it happen. And, you know, and, and then the pressure of that was just kind of overwhelming of, man really you know i mean i was getting phone calls and text messages and you know private messages hey you really going to do that that's 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 pretty cool man you, you'll kill it and 
you know, you have your buddies over and your friends and your family and you cook for them and, you know, and everybody says the same thing, right? Man, oh, your food's yep. great. When you, you need to start your own restaurant and, yeah. you know, and, and I'm like, you know, well, there, it's a lot different than cooking in my own kitchen than it is in a, in a full, full size restaurant. So, yep. um, you know, and I always thought people, you know, I, I think I'm a decent cook. I'm not, I'm better than average, but I didn't think anything outside of that. And, uh, one thing led to another, my now business partner reached out to me and said, Hey, are you serious about doing this? I said, yes. Um, he was looking for something to, to dive into and, and, and start as well. Um, never worked a day in his life in the restaurant business. So perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, not, not one, not, not one day I was his first shift. So, um, it was, it was interesting. And, uh, we had a we had a meeting and 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 he said well what kind of food do you want to have and and I said well it's going to be primarily barbecue um, you know that's that's what I enjoy doing that's what I love doing that's that's no matter how much of it I cook I I, I still want to eat it so that's that's what I got to do I can't I can't go I get tired of cooking steaks I get tired of you know making pasta dishes and all those other things so let's let's roll with barbecue and. Uh, so then so how long just so i understand this timeline i'm gonna let you get back to this but from when you got let go to when you found this this thing and posted online like hey should i do this give me a sense of that time hours it was like within hours of getting let go oh yeah yeah it was it was uh it was it, it was april april 6th or not april i'm sorry october 6th when i got the phone call um and uh i was taking that day off anyways um and was just sitting in my office afterwards um and and later on that afternoon i was on facebook and saw saw this trailer and posted it online and i mean it was just like that so So. your first so your first instinct right is like oh my god i can't believe that happened right or or maybe not because you kind of saw the way the world was going oh no it was i was uh look a week prior to it i was speaking with with executive leaders in our company about taking on more more responsibility so it was it was was a huge shock to me i was not i was not so okay so it's a huge shock but your first inclination is like okay like who else do i know you're you're pulling on your network to say okay how can i where else can i uh, let me find a a spot to land yeah. and then within a couple hours you were like and, and you know you mentioned you know your wife coming in like what are you going to do and i think it's pretty cool that you've got somebody you know because many people are not lucky as lucky to have somebody so supportive in their corner oh, yeah. who can understand sort of the the path of entrepreneurship um yeah. because that has its own risks and all that and that's not easy for a lot of people to stomach um, Look, I'm not sure that we understood the path of yeah. entrepreneurship when we when we started this journey. Um, you know, I mean, it was, but it was just the path that felt like like this is the one that's opening up in front of you. Yeah. Look, Chip, I I uh, uh, I found that trailer later on that afternoon. I would probably say the next day is when I posted it. Um, and and me and my yep. wife were talking about, you know, hey, are, are you? you know what what do you think and um when she kind of shoved me off that ledge and then i would say within a week we had a, a catering business up um okay. where i was advertising that i was going to sell smoked turkeys for thanksgiving um you know maybe 10 days at the most um we knew that uh, 
we knew within within two or three weeks that we were we were going to start this business. The name was Single Tree Barbecue. Excuse me, and uh, we were gonna we were gonna do everything that we could to help build and grow community, and um, and and do it through our barbecue. Um, the one thing that I love doing is is helping people and and cooking for them and serving people that's why i was in the army that's why i've been in the restaurant business my whole life is is serving others is is that's that's who i am and that's what i do right you know i mean i cook barbecue i have i'm a podcast host all those things i'm a father a son you know a, a, a husband try to be the best one i can and and i'm all of those things but what we do is we help people and and we build community yeah, I love it. So then talk to me about, so I want to get into the, some of the nuts and bolts. The beauty of this podcast yeah. is that there's no, there are no accidental listeners. Yeah. Every one of the listeners here is an owner, an operator, you know, of some level, and they're trying to take away something. The beauty part about what's happened the last couple of years, and we could certainly talk about the devastation and all the, how difficult it was, but the beauty part of it is that I think it forced people to get really creative, think outside the box, see paths that weren't um, immediately clear. And certainly that was happening before the pandemic, let's say, right? right. As pop-ups became a big deal, as food trucks became a big deal at carts you know there were, there were other ways to sort of test out an idea and validate an idea and sort of get a business up off the ground without a half million dollar investment oh, yeah. so yeah. that's what's particularly interesting to me about you did what you had to or you did what mm-hmm. you could to get this thing up and running so talk to me about you talked about selling smoked turkeys as you know you were in fall as thanksgiving was coming Talk to me about how quickly that became sort of a viable business and how you continue to grow from smoked turkeys and then what you did afterwards. Because this, I think, will have particular interest to a lot of listeners who are like, yeah, I want to get started. I don't know how to get started. I don't have half a million. I don't have $3 million to invest. Yeah. How do you get started small and, and, just, and just build small and take one step at a time? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for us, it was we knew – uh, once we made the decision that we were going to start the company, um, the catering side of it was just to have revenue, just to have something yep. coming in the doors. Um, <clears throat> and little did I know how much that would actually compound into building our business. Um, so explain that for a second. Yeah, explain what yeah. you mean by that. So we... <laughs> We, I, uh, I, I bought a, a, a $2,500, $3,000 offset smoker. Um, it's the only way I like to cook with real fire. And I, I, I woke up and said, okay, well, we're going to do turkeys. How are we going to do that? And how are we going to get out there? This is the beginning of our business. So I really thought about, okay, I don't want to be, you know, these, there's barbecue companies out there selling these turkeys for 80, 90, a hundred dollars for, you know, a 15 pound Thanksgiving Turkey. And, and it cost them $18, right? You know, they brined it and spent another 20 bucks in wood. So, okay, they got 25, 30 bucks in this Turkey and now they're selling it for a hundred bucks. It's crazy to me. You know, it only takes yeah. a couple of hours, <laughs> right? So, I said, look, I'm going to, I, I, I got to do this to make money, but I also got to build a name. And one of the things that is huge to me is, is legacy. And I want to pass on one day and my, my family and my kids have a legacy after I'm gone. 
So we decided that we were going to do everything around what our brand is and who we stand for and what we want to do. So we, we went out and we sold turkeys for, I think it was 50 bucks the first year. Everybody else was a hundred, you know, we were making a, you know, a couple of bucks off each Turkey, put all the time in it. You know, I think I sold like 12, 10, 12 turkeys that first year, nothing crazy. Um, but for, you know, a month of marketing and sending out messages on Facebook and, and Hey, who wants to get a turkey from your neighbor (laughs) ended up, ended up getting us some stuff. So, and I took everything I had, um, I, I think it was 10 or 12 turkeys that I, that I had ordered. I ended up cooking like 15 of them. Um, because if I had one that wasn't absolutely perfect, I wasn't going to give it to them. And, um, and I had two that weren't absolutely perfect. So I kept those and those were for the family, right? They were, they weren't bad, but they weren't perfect. So we have taken that mantra into everything that we do. Um, my mission statement at the end of it, it says the perfect plate of barbecue. And when I mean perfect, it has to be perfect. If it's not perfect, it's not up to my standard. Um, if, if it falls short of that, then I'm not, I'm not producing the proper things for the people that come and spend their hard earned money with me. Right. So, yeah. Um, we did that for the entire winter in doing that, it started a buzz and, and it was a small buzz, right? You know, we, we, we only sold 10, 12 turkeys and a couple of hams for Christmas. Um, but that got, you know, 10, 12, 20 people by the end of Christmas talking about this, you know, guy with a huge beard and named his barbecue company single tree is that a is that the thing that goes on the on the on the horse wagon or is is or are they a landscape company <laughs> like I, what is that and so it, but it started building a buzz and we took that same mantra into the food truck and and building our business there we didn't we didn't do a ton we did hardly any uh, marketing and social media and all of 21. Um, I just did everything I could to every event I was going to. I showed up early. I did more than what was asked and I served the best possible product I could produce every single plate. And we did it faster than everybody else. I designed the menu to be where you didn't go to my food truck and stand in line for 20 minutes. You came to my food truck, you might have been in line for five, and you got your food in three, and all the other people were standing in line for 20, 30 minutes just to order. So yep. we, we designed and set up our truck for undeniable hospitality and the perfect plate of barbecue. So when when we did that, it was it was just a huge catalyst from the turkeys to the food truck to now we're you know getting you know bookings months in advance and phone calls for this and that wedding and this event and it just kept compounding over and over again and the more the busier we got, the more people I had to start hiring. I say the more the the then I had to start hiring people because I couldn't do it all myself, right? Right. Um, 
you know it's it's easy to do it's 144 square feet so it's not real big right you can you can do a lot by yourself in 144 square feet but um so that that cattle that catapulted us into an event called the apple festival in crossville um it's not until the end of september Uh, she uh, she emailed me about a month ago making sure that um i was going to reserve my spot because they love having us um yeah you know, we're we're one we're the, pretty much the only food truck that goes there. Everybody else is not, and they're about the only ones that let us be the only food truck. So it's um, it's just built into more and more. And then I ended up meeting Sean Walshef um, yep. earlier this year, and uh, he kind of shoved me off the ledge from a social media standpoint. Um, and that has been that's been incredible as well. Um, getting on Clubhouse every week, you know, getting being more active in in all social media platforms um, has just really compounded it. And and now we've built a name off of not only that we serve good barbecue, but it's consistent, and it's the exact same thing every time. Um, and yeah. you know that if we do something that's not right, we're going to fix it before it gets to you. So when you said the food truck, did you go from like a food cart to a food truck? Or are we talking about the same thing? It was all just the truck. It, well, I say I call it a food truck, but it's a it's a 24 foot trailer. Um, you know, gotcha. it's actually a pretty it's a pretty, pretty big monstrosity more than it is just a regular old food truck. So, yep. Yep. I love I love Sean. Sean's been on this show twice. I've been on uh, on his digital hospitality uh, once and you'll find me every so often on his uh, his clubhouses. It's, oh, yeah. it's tough to find the time on. Uh, to to get yeah, there all, all the time, but uh, he's he's great, and he's done the same sort of challenge with me too. And mm-hmm. uh, he's he's always right, at least as as much as uh, <laughs> as much as I followed him so far, he hasn't steered me wrong. That's for sure. So we're talking, you know, in two years' time, mm-hmm. maybe maybe not even, I guess, right? If it was no, I guess two years' time, right? Two two and a half years, this thing has grown from this cart. So now, uh, talk to me about the truck. The truck runs routes or it just does private events it's just a catering piece so how is we start talk to me about yeah, that aspect we of started it. out as a full service catering um slash special events um neighborhood of you know pull-ups going to kroger and parking in the parking lot there um we were you know i, I tell everybody for the first for the first year and a half or so we we really really hustled um and in 21, uh, I think it was probably July of 21, I was approached by a guy um, uh, out of Lexington, um, and we were working on a deal. He was going to be a capital investor. He had heard about us through mutual friends, um, wanted to come check us out, came down. Um, they were opening up another brand, a franchise group in in Lexington, and he just came down and had lunch with me one day, ate some of my food, and and said, "Yeah, we we need to we need we need to figure this out." Um, it didn't didn't quite work out. They had a little bit too much going on at the time. Um, love the guys. It's they're 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 spect- spectacular group. Very smart individuals. Um, we may we may partner in the future, but for now it, we had to table it. Um, that went from July to uh, 
probably about October of 21. Um, because of that, we got, we got real close to signing a deal. And because of that, we didn't really book a lot of events for November and December for the food truck or January. Okay. So I was doing everything I could just to, just to stay afloat. We were, like I said, we were pulling up in Kroger's parking lot at noon and getting set up yep. and just trying to <laughs> sling barbecue just to, just to pay the bills. Um, so so we, that's an important part of this conversation, which is why I wanted you to, I didn't want to let you off the hook here because, yeah. again, something that's, I think, really interesting about you is that, so just to sort of touch upon a couple of things you just mentioned, right, that legacy was really important to you, right? I know the name mm-hmm. uh, has certainly uh, deeper roots, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, deeper roots than you said, hey, this is cool, right? Yeah. Um, and you, this, you want this to be something that can continue to grow and flourish and you can pass on and all that. Yeah. You talked a lot about brand, that brand was really important. So you made um, all decisions sort of went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the okay, does this stand, you know, is this what the brand stands for? Is this what, that all yeah. of it sort of put through that and that helped you make decisions. Yeah. But there is something that's really important to note, which is that, um, the, re- the, the business grew from nothing to now something in a certain way. So when we talk yeah. about, hey, how do you just make money? How do you keep the lights on? And I think there's something that happens with somebody in your position. And I think that's why I'm here in my position, because it's my job, I think, to tease this out of you and get you to sort of talk about more of the nuts and bolts. But there's something very intuitive. You're like, I, I don't know. I just I did whatever I had to do to keep it open. And yet to a lot of people listening, they want to know that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. in your effort to grow this thing, at what point were you like, uh, I don't know, man, let's go to the supermarket. Let's let's park in the like, where did those decisions come from? Or was it literally just throwing stuff against the wall? Can you can you think back to when some of those decisions were being made? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in in uh, late November, um, right around Thanksgiving, um, we had just did our big turkey push, sold a whole bunch of turkeys. Um, I don't even remember the the exact number off the top of my head, but uh, that was really the big push we had for the end of the year. Um, Christmas, we just don't do a lot. So from Thanksgiving until Christmas, I had a lot of downtime. Um, we, you know, we we didn't really have much going on, and I didn't. And it was my fault because I didn't book the events because I thought we were doing something else. You know, the whole nine yards, right? right? And so <clears throat> I will tell you where these decisions came from, and it's and it's pretty simple. So when you pulled into my grandfather's farm in Bellbuckle, Tennessee, it looked like there was one big tree above all the rest, and he named that farm Single Tree Farm. So. Yep. I admired and looked up to my grandfather my entire life and, and the amount of things that he did and accomplished in his life were just amazing. Um, 28 years in the army, an attorney, uh, became a federal judge. All of, all of the things had a huge 200 and some odd acre farm, you know, a house in Chattanooga, multiple vehicles, very successful man. Never flaunted it. Never had, you know, never had anything crazy. Could easily have gone out and afforded, you know, one of these fancy Bentleys and cars and did all the, all the fancy things, but drove a Ford Taurus and an S10 pickup, right? Um, absolutely loved him to death. So <clears throat> when times get hard, I've always gone back to a statement. I think it was Jer- uh, Derek Jeter made um, 
and it's hard to beat the guy that doesn't quit. If you don't quit, you're always going to make progress. You may not win the game, but you're going to always make progress. And and the season isn't over just because of one game, right? So, yep. We were we we were getting beat. I was getting beat. I was getting beat hard. You know, at the end of the month, as a as a as a business owner, you look at your P and Ls, you look at your cash flow, and you know sometimes you go, "Oh shit!" Excuse my French, but you know, I mean, that's just what no. you say. Then you're like, "Man, okay, now what?" You know, you got to look at your light bill versus your water bill. Which late fee is more? Right? Can I save money here? Can I do this? Can I do that? How can I stretch it yep. out? Um, you know, when you're a small business and you're doing you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and 90% of that is, is going towards bills as a restaurant owner, you're, you're, yep. you're tight. Today's episode of Restaurant Strategy is also brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Great restaurants are built by great teams, and Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, to hit labor targets, and keep your entire team connected. With drag-and-drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier. From back of house to front of house, managers, franchise owners, and even larger corporate teams, Seven Shifts has benefits at every single level. Plus, it integrates with the other systems your restaurant already uses, like POS and payroll. Turn your team into your competitive advantage. Restaurant Strategy Podcast listeners get three months absolutely free. To get started, visit sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy to get three months absolutely free and join over 30,000 restaurants using Seven Shifts today. That link is also in the show notes. This is why we're having this conversation, right. because, again, I just want to pause here. There's there's people listening to this who get it, yeah. who understand exactly what we're talking about. So, so I preface it all it. of that with with this. I woke up one morning towards the towards the end of November, beginning of December. And I looked at my wife and I said, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. I just don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm killing myself day in and day out, seven days a week, trying to figure it out, trying to call these people and book things, seeing where I can go, work, where can I go park this truck? What kind of marketing push can I do? What can I sell? Can I sell cheaper, et cetera? Um, and, um, and, and she looked at me and she said, you'll figure it out. Just think about it. Go, go, mm-hmm. go for a walk, figure it out. Um, so that's what I did. You know, I, I went for a walk. The one thing that I did know that is if, if I got to a point to where I could market my, myself and market my brand, not my food, not have people come eat with me, none of that. I want people to come hang out with me. If people yeah. like Charlie and they want to come hang out and talk about barbecue, talk about the world, maybe they'll come see me more. And they may not eat today. They may not buy anything from me today, but if I can strike a conversation and tell them my story, maybe they'll come eat with me tomorrow. And if I can stay in your brain and stay relevant and stay on the forefront of when you do think about barbecue, you're like, man, that guy, what was his name? 
Oh, yeah, Singletree, that, that, that Charlie guy. Let's go try his stuff. Um, and so I went full force with, okay, where can I park? And I was lucky. I called uh, five different places. Um, the fifth place said, yeah, you can come park here. You know, every day is fine with us. We don't care. Um, just kind of stay in the back of the parking lot. And so you literally just picked up the phone and just cold calling, like, "Hey, who oh, yeah. do I talk to about parking in your in your parking yeah. lot?" We um, this is the unsexy stuff that yeah. we skip over too often, and and there's there's just some like dirty roll up your sleeves work oh, yeah. that's required. So again, yeah. to all the listeners here, like, how do you make it happen? You just call people and you ask them how to make it happen. Okay, look, somebody somebody so said, place said somebody yeah, told me it. the other day they said uh, they they said you know hard work's hard work. <laughs> and it's true, right? It's yeah. there's nothing yeah. easy about it. And there's nothing easy about what I do. There's the people that are successful are the ones that make it look easy. But you know, they don't see that we get up at four o'clock in the morning. They don't see that we're making phone calls by six or seven. They don't see that we're staying yep. until two, three hours after you close and working on payroll or, or marketing or whatever. And if you want to be successful in building a brand, yeah. you have to put in the time and effort on the things that are important. I agree, which has always been, for me, the, the very real cool part about being in hospitality. And um, again, I've been in doing this for 22, 23 years or so. And it was like the kind of care that was, you know, like when I learned how early prep cooks get there yeah. to do all this stuff, because guess yeah. what? Think, you know, beans got to be shelled and onions got to be peeled and then chopped and garlic's got to be minced and like all this stuff that like all these guys are setting up the other guys yeah. who are going to come put them all into mise trays and, you know, set up their station and actually, you know, pick up the food when, you know, when the fire gets called. Like that was cool to me. And the fact that all the sort of effort that was required, like just the first time I watched a really great kitchen, just clean the whole thing. You know, these <laughs> right. cooks put all their stuff away and then clean for the next 90 minutes. Oh, I was yeah. like, and I remember thinking like, that's horrible. And at the same time thinking like, and also beautiful. And I always love that. The, the, like we don't have to talk about it. Like our job, and you know, it doesn't, the guests don't care about that. No. And they shouldn't care about that, no. right? Like no. they shouldn't care about how hard we work to make it happen. You know, as long yeah. as they've got a really great experience, it's like, it makes it all worth it, which is just sort of back to what you were saying about hospitality. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So this fifth place lets you in. Oh yeah. 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 So, so they let me in. Um, and it was, it was, it was awful. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was absolutely awful. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. Was it awful? Yeah. It was just uh, no traffic, no people, yeah, no traffic. Um, you know, it's, it's now it's, now it's mid December, um, you know, first of January, uh, and it's cold, it's snowing, you know, it's, it's, when I say cold, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the air temperature outside is 20 degrees, you know, I'm, I'm having to run yeah. a, a space heater just so my water doesn't freeze. You know, I mean, it's, yep. it's awful. I mean, it was just awful. And, and you're out there and you're doing it for, you know, a hundred bucks a day, 200 bucks a day. Yeah. And, um, yep. you know, I mean, you can only do that so many days in a row before you're just like, man, okay, <laughs> I need a day of warmth. And, uh, yep. so we got through, uh, the entire winter. Um, and about the end of January, 
uh, people started calling me and where we had parked the trailer over the winter and or where we were parking the trailer over the winter for those those events was on the corner of a or a, a very busy two uh four-lane highways on either side they were very busy intersections and okay. so <clears throat> we did that on purpose right we wanted to those were the places that we called were high traffic areas thinking that we would have people coming in not necessarily thinking about the marketing part of it, but because of where we parked, tons and tons and tons, thousands and thousands of people saw us. Um, so that's right. So you get a couple dozen people coming in to eat yeah. every day, but thousands are, are sort right. of being introduced to yeah. your name, your logo, yep. your brand. Yep. So everybody sees the trailer. They see the logos. More and more people started calling. By the end of January, um, my my February was was pretty much full. Um, by mid with uh, full with events, full with so, events. So what do you mean when you say full? Yeah, full with events. So like, yeah. So hey, we're doing a graduation party. Come cater yep. the graduation. Yeah, graduation party. parties, kind of birthdays, just a a spring event, Easter. Um, you know, we're getting ready to go into banana season. So, you know, the banana pudding festivals were popping up and, you know, I mean, okay. it was, everyone was, I, anybody and everybody that was doing events in and around Rutherford County, um, where I live, were calling and, Great. um, it went from, we went from, oh my goodness, how am I going to fill these voids? in my schedule and bookings and not having any income to when can I get a day off? And, yeah. and good problem to have. I, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. I, I remember calling my business partner towards the end of February and, and saying, you know, man, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. We are, we are slammed. So then how did you do that? Okay. So I always say you can do anything for short sprints. Yep. So you go from, you know, famine to feast, right? Mm -hmm. How are we going to pay our bills? Where do we have to go? Yep. You figure this out. Then suddenly you're all lined up and you're like, I, I'm only one guy. I can't yep. do this. So talk to me about that yeah. decision-making process. When you suddenly had cash flow. Yep. You said, okay, I got to train other people to do this. Yep. Talk, talk to me about that next step. So we got to the point to where it was, okay, now I'm working every day. My wife my wife is filling in with me three or four days a week. My business partner's got a full-time job working on his master's, and he's filling in a couple days a week. Yep. It was, okay, <laughs> we got to hire somebody. Somebody, somebody we got we to gotta bring that person on. So um, in, in March, April, um, we brought on our first team member and, um, he worked with us, uh, all through the summer. He had just graduated, was getting ready to go to college. So he, he was just looking for a summer job. Um, and that was a huge relief. Now we got somebody that can, you know, we can both work the trailer when we're going out into these events. And that frees me up from just running and gunning all day long to being able to actually go back to, you know, like I said earlier in our conversation about having that undeniable hospitality and being able to talk yep. more to these people and having the time, which to I haven't do forgotten it. about. We're going to, we're going to circle back to that. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that much more yeah. I uh, love intentionally. It. I love it. So, um, that led to now we're getting into, uh, April and my year is almost completely booked. Um, I had booked, wow. I had booked by the end of April, we, I couldn't take on another event until after September or after August going into September. 
Um, and we were so busy and we were doing so well. Um, and we had really started building up, building a following on social and people were, were calling and want to know where we were going to be. And we, you know, had to redo our website and the whole, I mean, the whole thing. Right. So, um, in doing so, me and my business partner said, Hey, we need to start looking at a brick and mortar. This is, this is, we feel like there's something special here and the people in this city are loving it. Let's, let's see if we can find a brick and mortar. And so all while we're doing this in our (laughs) quote unquote free time, now we're, now we're starting to look for a brick and mortar. Um, now we hired another team member. So now we have two team members and myself and my wife and my business partner filling in and and we're we're continuously building up. So by the end of May, we were doing seven to ten events every week. So it was yep. you know morning and night, you know six days a week, just just going as fast as we can, full force. Um, we got about to the, I think it was the first of June, end of June, and we were at uh, we were at the brewery. Um, that we are currently parked at now. And, uh, we were talking about how in a lot of places, food trucks and breweries partner together and they have a full-time food truck, um, instead of rotating it out. It helps the brewery from not having to book people every week, helps the food truck to always have some consistent revenue. Um, you know, so what do we think about that? And, uh, the brewery that we're parked at now said, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. That's, you know, would you be interested in doing that? It's like, yeah, it sounds like a pretty good idea to yeah. me too. So <laughs> seems like a win. Yeah. So September we ended up, or we ended up signing a deal with them. And then in September, um, was going to be full time. We would, we would park the food truck there full time starting in September. We had a couple of events left for the year that we booked a couple of weddings and some larger events that we had that we weren't going to take off our schedule. Um, I just, my, my character won't let me cancel on a wedding. It's just, you know, that's not, can't do that. Right. Yeah. So, no, you know, that's 100%. one of the biggest days in somebody's life. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be the guy that cancels, you know, so. Um, so we finished those out, um, and we've had the food truck parked there since September, um, full time, Wednesday through Sunday. So when you said you were shopping around for brick and mortar, was this like a, you mean like your own brick and mortar, like your own space? Yeah. Is that still, where, where, where are you with that? So, um, we <laughs> breaking news chip. Um, so we have, uh, uh, we looked all over town to try to find a place that we wanted. Um, there was a yeah. place on the square here in town um, that I'm still in love with. Um, I think it's an absolutely beautiful restaurant. Um, it, it's set up the way I want it. It's it, it's just a beautiful place. Um, it was originally named uh, the Gavel uh, when it first opened. Um, so there's a, there's a part of me that thinks that my grandfather, who was a federal judge, thinks that that. we should have that, but, um, that didn't work out. Um, thankfully it didn't, um, the guys that did get it, um, and are working on getting a restaurant in there have, have spent 
I think a little over six, 700 grand and they're still not open yet. So, um, lots yep. of, lots of stuff that they got to work on there, but you know, it is what yep. it is. Um, so I ended up meeting some people that had a restaurant, well, more of a bar, um, that was already, it was a bar with food, um, that they had opened in June. Um, so in June, they, uh, they were back and forth with us. We were selling them some ribs to feature in their restaurant on the weekends and just kind of yep. dabbling back and forth. And, and, uh, one thing led to another and we ended up partnering with this, with this bar. Um, and for the last six weeks, we've been selling our full menu out of their kitchen and, and it's, great. uh, been, been going great and amazing. Um, as of April 1st, um, it will no longer be Heroes Den with single trees food. Um, it will be a full single tree barbecues brick and mortar. So Whoa, it'll, love it. it'll just be ours. So that's amazing. Breaking so, news. Again, I want to pause. I, I love the breaking news. Uh, yeah. So again, I want to highlight here for the listeners, just about everything you've said is sort of a non-traditional path to get where you're going. <laughs> yeah. And I think it becomes really, it, and I mean that in the best way. I think what happens is that we see a restaurant, we say, oh, I want a restaurant. Yeah. And I think you did the much harder, I mean, patience is hard. I, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm guilty of this a lot. And I have, to, I have to constantly remind myself to slow down, take your time, right? Doesn't have to happen right now. But, but you were, it, my takeaway from this whole thing you're just outlining is just the patience that was required. And it, listen, the irony is not lost on me that you do barbecue, which is like 16, <laughs> 18 hours yeah. to get something really good. Yeah. So I guess you know patience, um, <laughs> you know, but but it required patience and sort of, and I would say vision, to be yeah. able to see a new opportunity that sort of presented to you and saying, does that work? W would that be a stepping stone on my way to where I'm going? Like, or is that going to take me off, off course, off path? And, and as long as it keeps yeah. you going sort of across the stream, yeah, I'll step on that. It's not the rock I was going to step on, but I could step on that one. And I think that's especially valid now, again, as we come to this new normal, as people figure out how they're going to open restaurants. I mean, the industry is changing. Um, it has to change because the, mm -hmm. the model that we've been using for a couple hundred years, I think, in my opinion, is unsustainable. I think it will soon. I think it will soon go the way of the dodo. Yeah. Um, I think ten years from now, the conversations that we're having currently, we're going to look back on and be like, we were so crazy for resisting. And so, yeah. but I appreciate the the sort of the patience that's 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 woven through your story. In that one thing led to another, led to another, and now, hey, breaking news! Alas, we've reached the promised land, quote unquote. Um, but you've accomplished so much on your way to a brick and mortar location is that a fair assessment as i'm listening to this so yes and i will attribute that to two things um one i think kids make you a patient person right i have three of them um and and they 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 temper me down pretty well um but i also have a a, a wife and a partner <clears throat> my dreams and aspirations are huge um, and, and I want them yesterday and I'm unyielding in that. I, I, I'm a very right now kind of person. We can do this. Let's make it happen. Let's go. Um, I also know that for me to accomplish the goal that I have of, of having a regional brand, 
and building a legacy that will last generations is is not going to happen look uh, two years ago people were laughing at me for having a catering company and posting stuff online and and people are still laughing at me um and and i i absolutely love it um i get I, there's a fire that burns inside of me that you stoke when you tell me no um i i know that i can do it I know that I have smart people that work for me and with me. Um, I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room, nor do I ever want to be. And I ask a lot of questions. Um, and sometimes the answer is not no, it's just not right now. And yeah. in, in October of 2020, November of 2020, I wanted that brick and mortar and I wanted that partnership so bad I could taste it. But it was not yeah. the right time. It was not the right way. Um, I would have lost a ton of equity in my company. Um, I wouldn't have had, you know, as much creative control. I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't really had any control. Um, yeah. I would have just been, you know, working for somebody else selling barbecue with my name on it. Um, yeah. And, you know, if, if it's retirement kind of money, great, let's make that happen. But, you know, it wasn't going to be that. So, um, right. I had to temper myself and I had to, I, I got lucky with having a business partner that would call me with some of the craziest, most nutty ideas that I had ever heard and go, I don't know about that. Like that does, I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's worth it. Um, yeah. And, and then I would call him and say the same thing. Hey, what do you think about this? He, oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. you know, there was, I mean, there was a time in our journey that I, I haven't spoken about that we almost bought another restaurant um, mm. and got into the discovery stages of it and put earnest money down. And we were all we were a, a pin stroke away from buying a very bad investment multiple times. Yeah. Um, and and each time it was either myself or him or outside influences that just said, man, I don't know if that feels right. You, you really thought right. about it. Um, yep. and, and I think because we are making the moves that we're making, um, and, and taking our time, we're not, we're not trying to move slow. We're not trying to move fast. We're just trying to make the right steps at the right time. Um, and that's all yep. I care about doing. I don't care about, I mean, look, let's, let's be honest, Chip in two years, um, I've gone from nothing to having a food truck, a concession stand at the largest college in the state, uh, a restaurant and a podcast. And, yeah. and it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, yeah. rocking and rolling, <laughs> you know, trying to come up with new menu items and daily features and hire more people. And, you know, it's, yeah. you know, every time I think I get close to being staffed, I need to hire three more people. And, yeah, um, yeah. it's, it's been amazing, you know, and I think it's just been the, the consistent and persistent pursuit of being perfect with our food, having an undeniable hospitality and trying to build a community around our business. So I want to drill down into each of those three things as I promised you we would, but I got yeah. one more question here. Cause this is something that I think about a lot. Um, I deal with this a lot with my clients. Uh, I deal this when I, when I end up talking with listeners and all that. 
Um, one of the questions uh, I always ask, uh, both as a consultant, as a coach, and as a really a consumer, is why should I care, right? Um, I ask this of clients all the time. So I want to open this sort of concept. I said, great. Why should anyone care? Right? Like, and I think it's a perfect sort of example, right? Like, like barbecue. We've got great barbecue in the world. So my natural question would be, why do we need another barbecue brand? And, and surely you must have been faced with that, um, even if you just asked yourself. At a certain point, you, you, I'm sure you asked yourself. So tell me how you think about that question. Maybe you haven't thought about it as explicitly as I'm asking now, but like, like why Singletree? What, like, how did you answer that, and how do you continue to answer that? You know, wh why does the world need another barbecue? Why does your community, why does your, your town, your region need that? How, how do you think about that? I don't think uh, I don't think anybody in my city needs my barbecue. That's okay. how I answer. It. They 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 don't. They're, you're you're a thousand percent right. There's five barbecue restaurants with, with within within the city limits of, of Rutherford County. Me being the fifth, um, they don't need another one. They didn't need mine. Um, what what my city needs is what the restaurant industry needs is hospitality we we've, we've okay. lost it um i did a a horrible job when i was an executive and a leader inside corporate america of teaching people what true undeniable hospitality really is um there's nobody i said let me, there's not enough there are people out there but there's not enough people in the restaurant industry that are truly truly trying to serve people truly being hospitable, hospitable people. Um, yep. I, I think there's, there's a restaurant here in town called the Blue Porch Cafe, and unfortunately they're getting ready to close. But it, they have some of the highest levels of hospitality standards I've ever seen in my life. And it has zero to do with the ham and cheese sandwich that she sells. Right. Yep. And, and they're not closing because of financials. They're not closing because they're not successful. They're closing because they want to go a different direction in life. And and, and that's that's amazing. And I, and I wish I wish yep. Cynthia and her entire team all the luck in the world. Um, it's it's hard to go to a restaurant today and and somebody truly ask how you're doing and you feel like they're being genuine. Or ask you I, how I their couldn't agree more. Ask you how their brisket is, or uh, ask you how their steak was, or their their chicken sandwich, or whatever, and truly want to know. Um, I go to every person that has ever had my food that I physically can, and and I want to know: Did you enjoy it? If you didn't enjoy it, one, can I fix it, or is it just you don't like my recipe? If you don't like my recipe, great, that's fine. You, you, there's there's going to be a lot of people that don't like my food, and and that's okay. Um, yep. But but I want to know if if did it have too much salt in it? Was it just was it overcooked? Was it undercooked? Was somebody not nice to you at the front door when you first walked in? Somebody didn't truly f make you feel at home. Those are the things that I was raised on. Right. We would sit by fires at my grandfather's house and talk about the world's problems and how we could be nicer to people and how we could help community and how we could grow and build and do things inside of our community that the community deserves. And, and to be able to do those things, 
you have to want to do those things, not just go out and get a, you know, a sixty, seventy thousand dollar a year job as an assistant manager somewhere with, because yep. you can, right? And, and everybody's hiring. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love this. I, I agree with you. I think, um, and I, the industry's so hard. And we've gotten really focused on sort of the numbers, right? How many covers? What's our check average? What's right. our turn time? All of that. Um, what are we doing for marketing? What's our marketing spend? It's funny. I do I do a couple of uh, sort of tricks when I would consult, and uh, it's funny. I'm just ready to put out a book in uh, later this summer. Um, release my first book, and I've nice. sort of peppered them in there yeah. because I'm sort of tired. I, I always get tired of people saying, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna come in a consultant. And you're gonna tell me I got to spend all this money on this agency, on this ad spend, on this and that." And so I said, "No. First ten things we're gonna do are gonna be totally free, and actually that's gonna make eighty percent of the impact." One of the things I always uh, ask people, because uh, I'll walk around with owners, and I say, tell me about that table. I said, what do you mean? I said, tell me about them. I said, I, I don't know who they are. Said, They've been here for an hour. Yeah. But you, you would never do that in your own home. If somebody comes over and you, you throw a party, somebody brings a guest, you're going to learn something about that guy. Hey, I brought this new, uh, this new guy I'm dating. He said, great. What's going on? Where do, you, where do you live? Do you live in the area? Where do you work? You're going to know something about them. And here, this guy's been here with his family. I'm looking at this four top. And they've been here for an hour. You don't know anything about them. And so I sort of like turned that on a heel. I said, well, what about them? I said, no, no, you can stop there. I don't know anything about anybody in here. I said, great. Your whole business changes when you start getting to know everybody in your room. Because yeah. that's why people come back to your Christmas party. Right. That's why people come back to your Passover Seder. That's why people, whatever it is you're throwing... You're throwing a party seven nights a week or five nights a week, however many times you're open. Yep. And so I always tell people, and sometimes I'll bring like a little uh, little uh, moleskin notebook, and I'll give it to them. I say, here, I challenge you for the rest of the night to get to know something about every single table. you got to stop at every table <laughs> and that. have a meaningful conversation. you got to tell me something meaningful. Yeah. Like their daughter just got into Stanford, and it was her reach school, and yeah. she's going to be studying what? This guy just got back from vacation. This guy started a new job. This guy just moved to the neighborhood. Like, you got to know something. Yeah. It could be something. And I said, you know, it's funny. There's, I had a, a clients of mine. Um, they run a little breakfast shop out of uh, Escondido, California, uh, out, not far from where Sean lives. Mm -hmm. And um, it's called Sunnyside Kitchen. Bob and Kate run it. And they were clients of mine for a long time. Uh, they appeared on this podcast. But they were talking about it. He said, you know what I love? He's like, you know, when the, when the line's six deep in the breakfast shop, there's this moment where somebody comes in, they go, oh, the line's really deep. He's like, and I'm really good at it. I find something about, he's like, I see a, like, a, like a hat they're wearing, a team. I say, hey, 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 uh, you know, hey, USC, come on in. Did you see the game yesterday? Did you see the, right. what do you think they're going to look like this season? He's like, I, there's something I can do. Yeah. They're, they're broadcasting their affiliations, their brands, their tribes. He's like, and I, and I can relate to that. I can talk about, you know, whether they think the new, you know, the sophomore quarterback who redshirted is going to be good this year. He's like, there's something I can do. And really, it's just good business. He's a like, good hospitality equals good business. And yeah. so and anyway, all of this to say is that I agree with you. So talk to me about what you do where you're like, hey, and you said it earlier in the interview, you said, um, I just like talking to people because maybe people like being with me. Maybe people like talking to me, like being around. And so when they th say, hey, we're hungry or, hey, we want barbecue or let's go back to Charlie's place. So talk to me about how you think about that and how you almost systematize that. How do you teach that? It's one thing for you to do it, but as you're finding out now, you can't be there all the time. Yeah. So how do you sort of instill that spirit, that hospitality spirit in the other people you bring on and the other people you train or, or the way you hire for them? 
Well, I think that's where it starts, right? Um, it, it's funny. I, I interviewed a lady the other day, and if you would have asked me three years ago what I consider her for the position that I was looking for, front of the house manager, you know, somebody that can, can wait table, somebody that can bartend, somebody that can, you know, take to go order, somebody that can write a schedule, right? The, the, that's mm-hmm. somebody, just an hourly lead front of the house person is what I need. And uh, I would have told you three years ago that I would have not have hired her for that position. She doesn't have the skill set. She's only served a handful of times years ago. She's never worked in a full service restaurant. She's only done, you know, uh, quick serve the whole nine yards. Um, but I'm considering her for the position for the simple fact of the entire interview. She looked me in the eye and she smiled. And she yeah. said, and she said, yes, sir. And she said, thank you. And she sent me a text message, um, right after the interview, thanking me for my time and appreciated, even if I don't pick her, um, for the position, she'll be back to have dinner with us. Cause she enjoyed the interview so much. Um, because we didn't talk about restaurants. We, we talked about that. We talked about where her career's been, what she's done, what she wanted to do, what she wants to do. Um, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. We didn't, we didn't dive into, okay, that, you know, it was, I took bits and pieces of fragments in her sentences to build her CV and what she's done. But I never asked her a question about, you know, Okay, well, where where were you an assistant manager? Where were you a GM? Where were you a right, server? Right. Um, I just had a conversation with her, and I treated her like a person. Um, I love that. And that's what she wants. She wants to be treated like a person. Because you're going to ask her to treat a bunch of people like people, which is yeah. all they are. It's Ours is a people business. Yeah. You, you, you know, I, I say it. It's, it seems so obvious. It, it, it is. It really is. I, I, I sell barbecue, but I lead people. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not walking the, the, the brisket that I cooked for 14 hours out into the dining room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but you know what, as I even say is that you don't, you're not selling brisket either. Nah. It's, it's, it's what they get in addition to it. Yeah. But you're, I would say it's like we, what we sell is a night, a night to be taken care of. Yep. And, and that doesn't, and that's, it doesn't matter where yep. you go. When I go to McDonald's, McDonald's, they're, they're sort of like, I don't have to think about what I want. I already pretty much know what I want. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it for me. They're going to give it to me. They're going to make sure that the place is sort of like nice and clean and, and all of that. And they're going to clean it all up after me. I, I don't have to like wash any knives or put my plate in the dishwasher or like they're just doing it all. And so even when I go there and the way they do that, the way they take care of me is through feeding me. What they're doing is taking care of me. So when we like, that's what you're selling. You're selling. Yeah. 30 minutes of being taken care of 20 minutes an hour of being taken care of and sort of the rest is sort of um is sort of like tangible sure but like just sort of superfluous just just secondary to what we're actually doing yeah i i just hired a new server uh last week um and 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 gavin is amazing never never really served before um he served a little bit, but nothing, nothing spectacular. Um, and and the and God bless this kid, man. He he is he is doing everything he can to learn the menu as fast as he can. 
he uh, he, he doesn't care what he's doing. He'll jump right in and and, and help the people next to him. Um, and every I've never seen him interact with people in our restaurant without a smile and without just genuinely wanting to speak to them and and whether it's taking their order or telling them bye or welcoming them in it's the same thing it, it's all the same and that's why i hired him not because i yeah. think he's a great server but because i think he's got hospitality and i can teach yeah. him the steps and the process and the systems of how to serve a table and how to ring the things in right i can yep. give him a menu to study we can work an expo shift and talk about every plate that comes out. I can't teach him how to want to serve people. How to want to take care of somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never I never realized that that was something that was just my, my, my mother is like that. We always joke around like she's the cruise director. She's just always planning events and coordinating with her friends and family and always. Make, and she's a really great. A hospitable host, right? Yeah. She loves taking care of people, making sure she's in the kitchen for two, three hours before she's in the kitchen for two hours after. She doesn't want anybody in there helping her out, though we try. You know what I mean? She's just, and I just sort of saw that growing up, right? That was yeah. just part of it. These aren't fancy dinners. These are, you know, we grew up. It was, it was pretty low key. Yeah. But that spirit is there. That that desire to take to take care of people, and. um you know what I mean? We made uh, we made carnitas the other night for uh, friends of ours. They were coming over because we know they love. We do this like real like good. My wife has an awesome carnitas recipe. It's twelve hours. You know, twelve hours overnight. So we were up mm -hmm. at you know we were out the night before, and so we get home from dinner, and we start you know prepping that at ten thirty at night, so we can yeah. you know switch it on at twelve o'clock because they got a you know they got a slow braise over overnight. And they couldn't believe this. Like, you really did this last night at midnight? So yeah, it was fun. It was exciting. Yeah. She's chopping jalapenos. <laughs> I'm picking cilantro. Like, like yeah, man. We were just getting it all. We were just getting it all ready. I love it. It's just something. Do I want to do that all the time? No. But that's right. we love doing that for the people who are really going to appreciate it. And it's yeah. sort of it's sort of woven into some people. I say all that to say that I wish we got better at making that cool culturally here in this yeah. country. That like it's cool to take care of people. It's cool to want to put a smile on their face with a good meal. Um, I just I wish we I wish we did we did more of that because I think we'd uh, I think we'd take this industry to to really some next level. I would agree. I'd agree wholeheartedly. That's the that's going to be the trick. A hundred percent. All right. So I got to talk to you about your podcast, um, yeah. and then I got a, a bunch of rapid fire questions after that. But okay. where, where, what was the impetus to start a podcast? You know, you're busy enough, yeah, doing all this barbecue <laughs> stuff, and you're like, hey, man, let's podcast too. Talk to me about that. So I, I got, I was on a couple of a couple of other podcasts, um, and then there for probably I don't know four or five weeks, I was I was doing one an, an interview every week. Um, and, and I got to where I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed talking to people and, and I, you know, asking my own questions in, in, in my interview. Right. So, uh, yep. whether it was before middle or after, um, I found myself going, man, I'm now I'm curious. Um, so it was, it was one of those things where, um, I, I wanted to be able to continue with um what we were doing um but uh, uh expand my reach and wasn't real sure how i was going to expand my reach uh, 
So I think it's I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of different brands yeah. to just turn on the microphone and talk yeah. about the things or ask the questions that you care about. I, I agree. We we started the show to be able to help continue with our mission of building community. Um, one of the things that I think is is very difficult for uh, small business owners, leaders in our community, people that are just trying to make a difference, um, entrepreneurs, you, you name it, um, is being able to get their voice out there. And and although podcasting has become huge, the video side of podcasting is still, I think, lacking. And I don't think there's many people out there that can put a face with a name. I don't. I don't think there's many people out there that want to just get on and and talk about or have a show that people can come and talk about their business. Um, so we decided to to start our show not really to highlight SingleTree, but to highlight leaders in our community that are making a difference, that are building community, that are doing things differently, that are do have successful businesses, you know, to be able to talk about whatever they want to talk about. Um, yep. I do zero prep for my podcast. Um, when the first one I did, I, I prepped for like four hours and yeah. and i missed half the questions anyways and, and i got done and i felt like it was scripted and i did i didn't enjoy it anymore and i was like you know what yep i'm gonna do another one but the next one i do i'm not i'm not prepping anything i'm just gonna there, and there's a balance and there's a yeah. balance and it's you know yeah. some people i always say when you when you script it all out sometimes you just stop listening you're just waiting for the next uh, question yeah. looking for the right way to get it to the next question on your list and you're absolutely yeah. right i think yeah you know just listening to what's being to what's being said and asking the thing that you want to know next yeah is, uh, and so that's certainly an art that's what we do it's it look it's interesting it's 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 a different form right but you know I, yep. every every time i ask one of my local business guys to come on or a leader in a community to come on the show it's i always get the same question what are we going to talk about you know and yep. and and my answer is always the same thing you you know it, yeah. you can talk about yourself i don't whatever you want to talk about we'll talk about it. i don't care if you want to talk about you know, the sky being blue, then, hey, let's make it happen. If you want to talk about it. <laughs> That's what we're doing. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever yeah. it is, is fine with me. I'm good with it. But um, yeah. we're, we're, I'm not going to give you a script and, and you know, kind of go down. Because then it's, then it's not two people talking. Then it's yep. this, you know, TV show that we've scripted that's, you know, reality TV, strange, right? You know? It's a strange press release put in an interview form. I, I yeah. totally agree. I yeah. love it. Um, so we're going to obviously include the link to that um, in the show notes. We'll include the link to uh, the barbecue to the podcast, which I, you can link through to the main from the main website as all. But we'll include yeah. all of that as well. I got five rapid fire questions. You, you game? Let's make it happen. Okay, great. Uh, what's the last great meal you had? So uh, a couple of days ago, actually. Um, uh, Fridays in my restaurant, um, we buy one of the butcher shops that I partner with, um, gets exotic meats. Um, they get, you know, Wagyu's and primes and, you know, elk and bison and all, all this kind of fun stuff. You know, they 45 day old dry aged ribeyes and strips that are you know amazing. And so, but every Friday we go and we get a whole bunch <laughs> excuse me and uh, we we cook a whole bunch of 
steaks and whatever and, and throw it out on the butcher block and you know it's uh it's just become a tradition that is kind of cool because it's like a friday family meal right we've had a long week we've been kicking butt let's you know let's feed everybody and enjoy it um love it so love it. um this last week we got uh, some bison ribeyes um and uh they were they were absolutely amazing so we seasoned them up with salt and pepper and threw them on the charbroiler and seared them on both sides real good and let them rest for a little while and uh so good it was so good dude love it okay question number two uh this is perfect because uh, what we've spent a lot of time talking about but what's the last great hospitality touch that you've had done to you right so n- not not food not service but it's the last great hospitality touch so um done to me i would probably have to say i partner with uh the blue porch cafe and uh they supply me with a smoked pepper cheese and i'm i started going through so much of it and and i speak to them on a regular basis and they they kind of know how busy we are and what what's going on and what we need help with and (coughs) excuse me and so because uh she knows how busy i am and how much we have going on um instead of uh me having to go get the smoked pepper cheese on a friday um or a monday or whenever i can squeak over there and get it um she brought it to us last week with um some little cookies that she made and just said just wanted to help you out a little bit in in any way that i can um and i just thought that was really cool that she's a local business owner as well she gets it and just to have some extra hospitality she wanted to go out of her way to try to help another business in the neighborhood not just thought that isn't was an amazing really cool isn't it amazing how little it takes to make an impact i know i know it's so know. so little yeah all right number three uh, if you have one wish in the world let's keep it focused on our industry if you had one wish what would you wish for genie came down granted you one wish i wish the following <laughs> for my kids to grow up um and and have a legacy that they can be proud of i love it i think that's a good one all right, number four, what would you tell someone who's about to open their first restaurant? <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Get ready. Strap in. When it gets hard, just know it's going to get harder. Um, when it's easy, find something that you can fix that's hard. Um, when, when you have the time, enjoy it. Um, don't let one bad day cause you to quit. All right, last question. Uh, talk to me about the future of restaurants, the future of our hospitality industry. Look five years down the line. Tell me, what do you think is coming that other people may not see coming? Um, I think for for small business and entrepreneurs like myself, um, I think we are looking at the industry completely different. Um, I don't think we are we are going down the traditional path of how many brick and mortar locations can I have. Um, to to build a successful brand Um, and i think consumers are are looking at the restaurant industry different as well 
um, they're they're looking at it. How can we get to go easier? How can we get to go faster? How can we get it delivered easier? How can we get it delivered faster and cheaper? Um, I think from a restaurant standpoint, we have to figure those things out. You know, um, you know. I think Sean Walshef hits the nail on the head pretty much daily when you know he talks about how to get how to how to be the Amazon of barbecue and and you know make it easier for people to get their their food. And I will say there's something there's something really interesting that's happening there with which is the things that people are no longer willing to pay for or pay a lot for, yeah. meaning the things we want cheaper, faster, right? Mm-hmm. Delivered to us more conveniently yeah. are growing. But mm-hmm. also the things that we're willing to pay extra for, yeah. the things that we're willing to go out of our way for is also expanding. Agreed. What I think there's no room for is the mediocre experiences, the the middling middle. Yeah. And and I think that's yeah. that's I think that sort of speaks to what you're saying. Yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head. For me, I believe, I, I truly believe. Um, I'm more upset when I walk into a restaurant and have an average experience than I am when I walk into a restaurant and have a bad experience. Isn't that funny? Isn't that yeah. interesting? When you walk into a restaurant and have a bad experience, especially being in the industry, you can kind of pinpoint what happened, right? They're, yep. they're short. They're extremely short staffed. They got overwhelmed. A bus pulled up. You know, the lights mm-hmm. were off for three hours, whatever, yep. right? Um, you know, there was something that caused that extremely poor shift. Um, yep. that doesn't make a bad restaurant. That just makes a bad day. Yep. Right. The ones yep. that go yep. that I walk into and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, just, you know, whatever, sit over there. Um, yep. they don't greet you with a smile. They don't, they don't refill your beverages. They walk right past you. They don't, you know, they don't acknowledge you in the building. They don't, like you said earlier, they don't know your name and why you're there. Um, you know, it's so funny. I just finished reading, and I've talked about this on the show uh, a couple of times since, but I just finished reading uh, Will Goddard's book, uh, Unreasonable Hospitality, which is an excellent read. Everyone should go read it. I, I think it's, it really is fantastic. Um, it's on my list. And I think there's a point to that book. Yeah, and there's a point to that book, right? But he talks about unreasonable hospitality, going so far above and beyond. And what I like even better, because sometimes that feels out of reach, right? Uh, you know, Will ran the number one restaurant in the world for many years, right? Mm-hmm. What I think is really uh, interesting that's come out of this is this idea of undeniable hospitality. Yeah. You know it when you feel it. You know it when you get it. And I think what I would uh, my one of my takeaways here on this because I always have my takeaways. I always uh, take my notes at the end of an interview, right? This idea of it takes so little to make someone feel seen, to make someone feel heard, to make someone feel welcome and at home. Yeah. And if we stopped worrying about unreasonable hospitality, which there's a place for that, and I like the spirit of that, but undeniable hospitality, and I just, I think of the most hospitable experiences, the things that I still talk about, you know, years later, it, it, in grand scheme of things, it cost a couple of cents, it cost a dollar, it took very little, but there had to be a will. There was a, there was a will on the part of the owner, the operator, yeah. to go above and beyond, to do that one extra little touch for the small business that you partner with, to come and drop your things off because they knew it would be easier, and also to give you some sweets. Um, like, Look, I had, a, I had just one of my, so little. My, my manager um, last week, he, he, he walked out he, and he uh, talked to a table and, and they just had, their food was just okay. And and he went and bought him a made him a dessert and took it out to him and and handed it to him and and he came back came up to me and said hey man I talked to that table they they just said their food was okay that you know it wasn't it wasn't bad but they just didn't think it was great 
And uh, so I, I got him a I got him a dark side of the moon and, and brought it out to him and and, and told him mm-hmm. sorry please come back and try something else, and uh, he said is that okay? And I said man you were you were never going to get me upset or even have to come talk to me and tell me about something along those lines about you taking care of guests and trying to make them have the best experience they can ever have in our restaurant. You don't even have to well, mention it. It, it. Just go do it. And. And part of that is weaving that. I always talk about culture. We talk, We spend a lot of time talking about culture. It's this like BS buzzword that we use. And, and so few places actually have culture. A culture is about training everybody. Say, hey, listen, if you can solve a bad situation with one of the following solutions, by all means, you've got free reign to do it. And that's exactly like you said, right? Yeah. If you can solve it with a comp, a buyback, a free round of drinks, an extra dessert, uh, whatever, uh, you know, sort of a bounce back card to get them to come back the following night. If yeah. there's anything you can do to solve this for, you know, you can put a dollar amount on it, right? You, if you could solve this problem and turn somebody's night around for X number of dollars, then by all means, that's what we're doing here. Yep. And uh, I, I think it's, again, the theme here, like something that's woven through is that it takes so little, often just by saying, hey, USC, when'd you graduate? Hey, what school? Just just by asking them. That's why we wear brands. Tell you a funny story about when I was a young younger manager, real quick. Please. So I was I was running uh, Tony Roma's um, in Opry Mills Mall. I opened the store, helped with the construction, the whole nine yards. Right. So we decided that we were going to open that restaurant um, on Black Friday. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, and this was back in two thousand and four before people really did a lot of Amazon shopping. <laughs> so it was Black Friday was like the Super Bowl, right? You know, we're yeah, inside yeah. a mall, a restaurant, we're going to be nuts. So we opened that weekend and 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 I'll never forget it. It was that Sunday and we are slammed. And 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 I underprojected by too much and I had my director in there I was in there I called all my managers in you know we were trying to get extra servers in and just busy I ended up waiting tables it was just crazy and so I'm taking this order for one of one of the last tables of the night and I'm, I'm writing it all down and I get to the kid and the kid at the table and I said well what can I get for you buddy what what would you like to drink and uh, he's probably seven, maybe eight. And he said, I want a Dr. Pepper. And I said, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. We don't sell Dr. Pepper. I got Mr. Pibb. Is that okay? And uh, he was like, no, I don't like Mr. Pibb. And just give me a water. And was just kind of abrupt. <laughs> and like, just not, you know, I mean, just very outspoken for a seven-year-old to begin with. But, you know, yeah. and, and I could see, like, his parents were not upset, not real happy. So we... <laughs> I ran outside into the into the uh, hallway of the mall, and and there was a Coke machine right outside my restaurant. I got got him a Dr Pepper, ran it back inside, and and those people absolutely loved it. They went berserk and thought that was the best thing ever because it was gotcha buck and a quarter. Yep, thought it was the best That's thing it. ever. And they're still talking about it. They're going like, yeah, this guy, he just went out to the store and got it. Yep. It's, a, it's a perfect place to end this. It's just undeniable hospitality. It takes, yeah. it takes so little to do the right thing and to make an impression on people. 100%. Uh, Charlie, I've loved this conversation. Um, I appreciate you making time uh, to, to be here, to chat with me. Uh, tell everybody where they can go to learn more about you, the brand, the podcast, all that. Yeah. 
So uh, you can go to uh, singletreebbq.com is the website. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at, at singletreebbq.com, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, the whole, you know, Facebook, all of them. Um, you can email me at charlie at singletreebbq.com. You can call me at 615-307-08. Nope. Yeah. Zero one two zero. I'll get it right in a minute. Um, but yeah, we're 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 all over the place. Easy to find and uh, and easy to connect with. We're we're weirdly available to talk about anything you want to talk about, from business to barbecue to hospitality, all the things. I love it. It's the Ryan Reynolds thing, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm strangely available. Yeah. So give me a call. Yeah. Uh, listen, I appreciate all of this. We'll put all of that in the show notes. Um, all the best to you, and I hope uh, hope you're not a stranger here. Hopefully, uh, we can have you come back sometime. I appreciate it, Chip. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Charlie for taking time out of his day to sit and chat with me. All of the links are in the show notes. Really great conversation. I hope you took away as much from this uh, as I did. Uh, again, I want to remind you one more time, if you've got a successful restaurant, right? If you're generating at least a million dollars in annual revenue, if you've been around for at least a year, but you're struggling with profitability, then you could be the perfect candidate for the P3 Mastermind. This is the mastermind that I run. I gather owners and operators from all over the world on a call two hours every single week to work through your problems in a systematic fashion. And we always start with profitability because once you have a profitable restaurant, everything else changes. Set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me, absolutely free. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. I look forward to chatting with you. Thanks again, everyone, and I will see you next week.